What is up, Western? Welcome to SOS, where we break down the stigma on student issues and fill you in on the resources that often get lost in administration. Welcome, I'm Prableen. And my name is Becca. And together, we are your hosts on the Students on Services podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to episode two of our three-part mini-series. Today, we're going to be having a discussion with Maddie, who is our VP of Student Support and Programming. Maddie, if you could just go ahead and tell us a little bit about your role and what you do here at the OSC. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Maddie. I'm the Vice President of Student Support and Programming with the USC. So in a nutshell, I oversee all student-led events and services that the USC runs. So typically, I kind of, when I'm explaining it, I kind of break it down into two. Um, on one side, I oversee all of our programming. So that's kind of our orientation, our large scale events and concerts, as well as our other programs like um, public arts, theater, Western, charity, things like that. Um, on the other side of my portfolio, I oversee all of our student wellness services. So um, peer support, um, peer programs as well, which is um, a portfolio of seven coordinators looking to create a more welcoming and intersectional campus community. So um, a pretty wide ranging portfolio um, with kind of, you know, that programming and student wellness piece. That's awesome. Thank you so much for um, joining us today and, you know, taking some time out to um, have this little podcast with us. And I know you have such important things to do, but um, one of the important, one of the questions I want to ask was what, what, uh, what was an, a memorable experience or project that you had the opportunity to work on during your time in this role? Mm. It's a good question. Um, I think we've we've had such a cool year in terms of our programming, um, and it's been so fun to be involved with everything that we have been. I think one of my favorite projects that I've worked on and one that we're still currently working on, so it's front of mind, um, is definitely Free the Dot. So um, it's a menstrual product program that we launched this year where we're mailing out uh, menstrual products and contraceptives to students' houses for free, or it's available for pickup as well um, in the UCC. And on top of that, we have uh, menstrual products available in all of the washrooms in the UCC. Um, so this idea kind of came for me when I was in my undergrad, I was doing some advocacy work with um, a not-for-profit in the community where I was actually tasked with um, by figuring out where folks could access free period products in London. So I had the opportunity to connect with a lot of food banks directly and I learned so much from that experience. And uh, I, it was probably one of the most valuable experiences I had, but um, what I learned was that typically period products aren't donated to food banks. And when they are, they're most often tampons. So for religious reasons or personal reasons, whatever it is, it isn't accessible to all people. Um, so I really started to kind of play with the idea of what a program would look like on our own campus that is accessible to, to all students and which empowers them to make decisions about their menstrual health that feels right for them. So initially the program was going to be in the washrooms in the UCC and products would also be available for pickup in the food bank. Um, but then Omicron hit. So we had to kind of switch up our plans a little bit because um, periods don't stop because of COVID. So it was really still important that we uh, were able to get those products out to students. And that's where that mail out program really came from. We wanted to make sure that period products and contraceptives were still easily accessible to students um, when they weren't on campus. That's awesome. I mean, I, I've definitely utilized the program in the washrooms a couple of times. It has <laughs> saved my life a few times already. Um, 
so the next question that we have is kind of a two-part question. So um, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly, you graduated last year, right? I did, yeah. So the first question that we have is what part of student life did you struggle the most with? But the second part of the question is what did you struggle struggle most with uh, during the pandemic specifically? Those are really good questions as well. Um, I think when I was a student, I, I felt a lot of pressure to know exactly what I wanted to do with my life um, and to have everything figured out in terms of my education, my career. Um, I think there is a lot of pressure in academia to follow a very linear path, um, to go from your undergrad to your master's to, you know, PhD, if that's what you're doing as well, but to a job as well with no time in between and to just know inherently what you want to do. Um, there's a lot of pressure in that because you're investing so much time and money and energy into those decisions. And we're so young as well. Mm -hmm. They're huge decisions to be making. Um, and so I think what I have learned and I'm still learning, I'm still working through it is that that linear path that had kind of been drilled into me was not the best path for me. Um, and, you know, taking time off after my undergrad to, to work and not, you know, go right back to school or, um, just, just to figure out what I want to do and get really clear on what I'm really interested in was the best decision that I could have made. But, um, I don't think that it's typically, um, like shared with students that that's a possibility. And then sometimes that's the best option, um, just to really take your time and feel really confident to to make sure that you're confident in the decisions that you're making about your life and also that it's okay to change your mind too because I, I don't think that's really something that I had heard too much um so yeah I think I think that pressure to really know what I wanted to do and feel like feeling like I had to figure it out for my entire life was was something that I struggled a lot with and and I think what I'm trying to do more now is almost create like a five-year plan. Where do I see myself in five years and get myself there? Um, it doesn't make sense to plan for my whole life because that's, I feel like very limiting. Totally. So um, trying to kind of change that mindset there. And it's been really helpful for me. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's what I would say for that one. Um, when it, when it comes to COVID and the pandemic specifically, um, I think what I struggled with, it's it's not super related to the previous question, I don't think, <laughs> but I think it's worth mentioning anyways. Um, I struggled a lot with the change in my productivity levels. Uh, that was really tough for me. Uh, I think a lot of us experience COVID fatigue to some degree. Um, and what I really noticed early on, especially, you know, when we went into the first lockdown was that I didn't have the energy or the capacity um, to, to do my work or... Um, to keep connected with my friends and family that I did um, pre-COVID. And uh, I think that's still the case now for, for a lot of us too, in some ways. But there's a lot of guilt and shame in that and feeling like I should be able to do more because I had done it previously. Um, so it, it took and takes a lot of work and conversation with myself to really better understand my needs and recognize that you know, just because I was able to work at a certain intensity pre-COVID doesn't mean that it was healthy or that it was productive necessarily either to work at, at that level. Um, so I'm working really hard now to consciously 
and, and regularly check in with myself too, to figure out where I am and how I'm doing and, and respect to those boundaries and those limits. Um, and I think also recognize that they, they change day to day and week to week and, and to be comfortable with that. And that's all um, part of that process of wellness and becoming well. For sure. sure. That's very relatable. Those are very relatable things. Like I took a couple of years off of um, school between high school and coming to college. And then I went to college and dropped out. And then I went back to college. You know, like there are so many different options I think we're not told about too when we go into university. Like there are programs that I didn't know existed. Like King's has like thanatology, which is a study of death. I have no idea what that was when I was in high school. Like that's a really cool pathway that I would have never known about. I'm not taking it. It's still really cool but totally relatable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring a really good point too in terms of like um, your product productivity levels have changed. And I think a lot of people can relate to that because obviously COVID is, it was um, unprecedented. It was something that no one really, no one was really prepared for. So definitely understanding and being like patient and compassionate with yourselves about the changes that you're going through because of um, you know, because you're in a pandemic and that's a really big deal. Um, and so like going off of that, what positive changes would you think came about due to um, any sort of issues that were illuminated during COVID? Yeah, I, I, well, I think along the same lines, I think communally, we became a lot more aware of our wellness. Um, there was a period of time where everyone was able to kind of pause for a minute and uh, breathe. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, And I'm hoping that sentiment will kind of stick around long term because I think there's so much value in it. Um, I think kind of returning more directly to the to, to my portfolio, the student support and programming portfolio, what I've seen is that we've been really encouraged to think outside the box when it comes to developing our programming and our support options for students. So it's made our, our services so much more accessible for so many people. Um, so when it comes to things like remote peer support or um, virtual conferences or virtual CMHA crisis counseling as well, um, I think there are so many more opportunities to engage with wellness that didn't exist previously just because we didn't have to think about them. Um, I think the opportunity to, um, I don't know, rest. There's more opportunity to rest. I think there's more compassion um, to take time for yourself, for ourselves now, which is so needed. I think it really goes back to that sentiment that like, just because we might have worked eight 10 hour days nonstop or studied eight 10 hour days nonstop before COVID doesn't mean that that was all productive time. Like maybe, maybe it is best to do like shorter increments or maybe it's best to, you know, like go for a walk at the end of the day or yes. like <laughs> time to make a nice meal. Like that, that is really productive too. It's just yeah. a different kind of productivity. And I think that's um, something that has really shifted during COVID for us. At least from my perspective, that's what I've seen. But I, I'm also very engaged in in wellness in my work, so um, I hope that that's the case across the board too. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, I think that's a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people like had more time to really think about what they like to do, or like you know, take up new hobbies and 
start learning how to cook and then realize like, you know, this is something that I love to do and I'm going to try to cook every night because it's, it makes me feel better or whatever the case is. So yeah, definitely. Like even I think, um, uh, it allowed people to just like get closer to themselves and who they really are. And I think that's an important part about wellness too. Um, I, I, a hundred percent. Like I remember during the pandemic, I really had a lot of time to like reflect on things that were a part of my life and different aspects of my life and so like I had like all this time to myself during the pandemic and it was great and it was the first break that I'd had since like grade 11 it was amazing and then you know afterwards I was like okay these factors in my life make me unhappy I need to change them these factors in my life make me happy so I'm going to keep them going and there has been like substantial change in my life because of the pandemic because I've had all that time to reflect and practice wellness which is so awesome Yeah, I think you make a really important point, Becca, that there was so much time for introspection and um, like having deep and difficult conversations with ourselves as well. Um, And I think with that, I would even say that that introspection, that time alone, that focusing on ourselves is not always easy. (laughs) Um, And so I I don't want to, at the same time, I don't want to diminish the really difficult parts of, of COVID and, and, and the mental health impacts that it's had on, um, on all of us and, and on our student community. Um, but I think at the same time, it's really highlighted how critical a focus on wellness is in our lives, that it, wellness is a part of everything that we do, every facet of what we do. So I hope that that's something that we can pull out of the pandemic and, build into our everyday lives even once the pandemic really fully ends. Absolutely. Um, So for our next question, we want to know what you think is important about student-led services. I like that question as well. These are such good questions. Um, I think what is so important about student-led services is that students know exactly what they need. Um, And empowering students to make decisions about the supports that they need and and share their perspectives when it comes to their supports makes them that more effect, that much more effective um i guess to use a real life example um we have recently well over the last couple of years so i guess not that recent but um we've been working on renovating uh the usc nest which is going to be where the new peer support space is moving into as well as our food bank Um, We're going to have like a sensory space, a peer program space, and like a community workspace as well. Um, Our new upcycle center is going to be built in there as well. So lots of really great changes when it comes to wellness specifically that I'm so excited about. But this is a project I've been working on for a couple of years, actually, since I was AVP peer support. And so many of the really important pieces of this program of of this space came out of student consultations that I couldn't have thought of myself or that um, other partners that are working on the project with me who aren't students couldn't have come up with by the fact that first I was a student myself last year but I I don't have all the perspectives myself Um, and now that I'm not a student I think we need to really make sure that we remain connected uh, and that the services are built by students and for students Uh, to make sure they're actually serving their purpose. Um, I think that's what makes this space so unique is that students were able to share direct input 
Um, and it, it, that input, that consultation is exactly what has built this space. So um, I think that is what's so important about student-led services is that students have the answers and we just need to create space for them to actualize. For sure. Um, I have a bit of an unscripted um, follow-up <laughs> question. So we did get some confirmation, I think, recently about the applications for some of the positions in the USC. Um, a few, obviously, that would fall under um, your umbrella of supervision um, have been extended to, I think, was it April 15th? Yeah. Um, so. But extended to April 15th. So um, you mentioned that um, like you're developing, what was it called? The USC Nest? Zamir yeah. spoke, spoke a little bit about it too. Um, are there any roles that students should look into applying for that fall under your supervision that you could talk a little bit about? Absolutely, there are. Um, so the, the NEST is kind of a collaboration between the Student Support and Programming Portfolio and the University Affairs Portfolio. So there are positions available under each and which will be uh, situated under the, the NEST. Uh, under my portfolio, we've got... Oh my goodness, let me see if I can remember all <laughs> the Associate Vice President Peer Support, the Peer Support Admin Coordinator, uh, the things are moving out of my portfolio now into the University Affairs Portfolio. <laughs> so now under the University Affairs Portfolio, we're going to have the AVP Wellness Equity, the Wellness Equity Administrative Coordinator. We're going to have the Community Pantry Coordinator, the sexual wellness services coordinator, the upcycle center coordinator, and uh, I think that's it actually. That's a lot of coordinators. <laughs> um, and then as well, we have um, like the AVP peer programs and all the peer programs coordinators uh, under my portfolio too, which have a space um, in, in the nest too. So there's, um, there's a space directly allocated for peer programs too. So, so much opportunity to use the nest and like have a say over kind of how the space is being used going forward for students. So really, really cool opportunities. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And, and um, as a final question, could you share some thoughts on any, I mean, I guess you kind of talked about USC nest, which is kind of a new resource that students can use, but any other USC re uh, resources or services that um, have been implemented this past year. And I know you did also talk about um, Free the Dot, which is really, really cool. I love. Um, and then if you have a, an opinion, what would be your favorite USC service? <laughs> or what's completely not biased? <laughs> not biased at all. No. Um, I think I've, I've spoken about a lot of the services that have been implemented this year. Maybe I'll speak a little bit more to the Upcycle Center. So this is a new program that we've implemented. It'll be launching next year. And this is a space where students can go to access clothing um, on an ad as the basis. So we're gonna have um, business attire, winter clothing, um, just everyday clothing as well for students who need it available for free. Um, and I think, I'm, I'm so excited to launch that program. I think it's gonna be so cool. Um, my favorite service, I don't know, I'm a little biased, but <laughs> I, I was AVP peer support. So peer support definitely has a special place in my heart. Um, but I think being able to work as the vice president student support and programming has been so cool because as I started to think through 
even before I started this role, um, as I started to think back on my university experience, I really realized how how much of an impact this portfolio specifically had on my university experience um, through orientation, concerts, um, events that I would walk by on Concrete Beach, um, you know, red dresses hanging in the trees in in recognition of missing and murdered Indigenous women. Um, the peer support center, like walking into my first shift was a, a huge role for me, um, being involved in volunteering with CMHA crisis counseling, roles like that, um, coming to events where I met some of my very best friends. Um, I think all of it has such an important role to play in my university experience in ways that I really didn't even realize. So I think I, I wouldn't say that I have a one service that I would recommend to students. I think what I would say though, is that this portfolio creates so much opportunity for you to find your home at Western and to find your people at Western. Um, and so to just kind of play around and do some research and, and find what fits for you, whether it is planning a concert or um, joining the public arts commission, um, Whatever that is, there's so much space to find your niche and really grow in it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think that could have been better said. I think you did um, a great job explaining about all the different, um, you know, resources that USC has to offer, and it's it's very unique. And you know, it's again um, led by students for students, and I think that is very, very um, special. Um, and I just want to say, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say that I like that, like the recommendation was unbiased because it feels like such a peer support thing. <laughs> um, peer yeah. support. <laughs> Everyone, please listen. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, peer support, I think it's very unique and it's very, um, it's special. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it's really important. I, I mean, I think we can all just say very good things about peer support. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, Maddie, for joining us today and, you know, speaking a little bit about your experience and, you know, um, talking about everything, all the important things that you've done this year. Um, we thank you for it. You've done a great job. So, yeah, um, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, yes, thank you so much. You. It was really great chatting with both of you. And once again, that's a wrap. Come back on Wednesday. We're going to be finishing the year off strong uh, by having one last discussion with our Vice President of University Affairs, Ziana.